Hello, lovely ladies. Welcome to the Lessons I Learned podcast, where I share what I've learned and am still learning about marriage, mothering, friendship, health and wellness, spiritual growth, and everything in between. I'll be learning right along with you, as many of my guests have such great things to say. So get ready to listen, grow, be open and teachable, and get ready to learn and have fun doing it. Well, today is your lucky day. I've got a sweet, spunky friend of mine with me, and she's here to share her perspective on being a single mom and thriving. You're gonna fall in love with Julie Pickett. Here's my conversation with her. Well, hey everyone, welcome back um, to the Lessons I Learned podcast. Danielle McCauley here, and I am here today with Julie Pickett, who I affectionately refer to as my face barista. Hello, Julie. Hi. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Now, first of all, you have to explain to everybody why I call you my face barista. (laughs) Yes, I would love to. So I met you in my makeup chair. So I am a makeup artist, and uh, you came to my makeup chair which is where I've met some of my dearest friends and and people that I love. And I got to do your face for television. Um, And yeah, you affectionately coined the phrase, your face barista, because I wake up your face. You put that red lipstick on and I said, oh, I feel so tired. I look so tired until I put that red lipstick on, which is why everyone sees me in pictures. They know I wear, I wear a good red lip. Almost all the time I had since I was young and I tell you, it just wakes up my face. And I said, you're like, it's like coffee for my face. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you know what, you know, the, like one of the best secrets of makeup artists around the world is like, if you want to wake up a face and make it look dynamic and even just like change your mood about how you feel about a day, if you're feeling tired. Put on a strong lip and off you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, I was going to actually, later on, I was going to say, give us a makeup tip. So, Julie, everyone listening, Julie is a very <laughs> successful, very awesome makeup artist. And you still owe me that red palette, I remember. And I will pay you in full for it, Julie. Because yes. she had, you had the most amazing um, Mac, I think it was a Mac red yes. palette with like about five or six different shades of red that I was just drooling over that I'm like oh please you got to get that for me because only you as a a makeup artist could could get your hands on that but so um everyone listening Julie is not only a very successful awesome makeup artist um who does um you do you're kind of a regular for like many different shows so run off the shows that you do makeup for Well, I've worked for um, Crossroads for almost 16 years now. So they do 100 Huntley Street um, and a a lot of other dynamic programming there. Um, And then I also work at the 700 Club Canada. Um, And then I do a lot of stuff for ad agencies and photographers. I sneak in some bridal in the summer for, for some real fun. 
So you um, are not only, you do makeup a lot, but I know you also, now I have to say, while you're doing makeup, you like to sing a good show tune every now and again, because you and my husband, when he's been in your makeup chair, <laughs> you have a great voice too. You should be on the stage singing some show tunes every every once in a while. <laughs> I love show tunes so yeah. much. In fact, I took singing lessons. I've probably told you this before. I've t- yeah your listeners wouldn't know this um I took singing lessons a few years ago and I told the person who was uh, doing them with me I just want to sing show tunes that's that's all I want yes so yes Dan and I bonded over show tunes and now that's how we talk we talk in show tunes (laughs) so you're not only a singer makeup artist but you're um you've done some public speaking I've seen you on the other side of the camera before and you are um an avid church leader you're very involved in your church and um just tell my listeners a few things about you and maybe like one more makeup tip that you could just leave with us because I think all of most of my listeners who are female would probably appreciate it so just fill us in a few things uh, you know favorite movie favorite uh, I don't know ice cream flavor and maybe a makeup tip how about that Ooh, that's a good one. So favorite movie, funny you should ask, I just pulled it out to rewatch it, The Music Man. It's, it was made in the 60s. It's Robert Preston and Shirley Jones. It has the best music. It's very nostalgia driven for me. Um, and I love the, all of the tunes there. Um, favorite ice cream, that's a tough one. I, I think I have like a tie for mint chocolate chip and um, chocolate peanut butter. Oh, like they're really different, but they're both so good. Okay. You know what that you just said, my favorite kind and Dan's favorite kind (gasps) often get those kinds together. So we're going to have to invite you over and just dine over peanut, but chocolate, peanut butter and mint chocolate chip. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, That's a good makeup tip. Well, you know what? I mean, I, as you know, I really love like simplicity and beauty. I love just like drawing out people's natural beauty and not trying to, you know, put on more makeup than is even needed, but just draw out features. Um, One of my favorite things in the world that I think every woman should own is bronzer. I love bronzer. I have some on my nightstand right now. Yeah. Like I just think it adds such a nice glow. And really the secret with bronzer is don't put it all over your face. Just hit the high points where the sun hits on, you know, um, the bridge of the nose and down the bone of the nose, the cheekbones, right at the top of the hairline on the forehead. Yeah. And it, okay. it just gives this beautiful, subtle glow to the skin um, that I just think is is beautiful on every woman. Uh, okay. Duly noted. I have some, but I do, I need to highlight because yeah, sometimes you just get guilty of just tap, tap, tap with the brush and then brush it all over. And that's yeah. probably a big no, no. You would probably scream and want to like tap me, hit me on the, on the hand. If I did that in front of you, I, I would, I wouldn't hit you. I would, I would just help guide you. Help guide me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, fun stuff. Well, that has been fun. But, um, so listeners, I have, um, just, I knew when I started this podcast that I wanted to have, um, some great, someone who would have a great 
conversation and something to say about a lot of different topics. And one of them I wanted to hit was singleness. Um, and Julie um, is a single mom. And now I resonate um, with that because I was raised by a single mom, which um, I know you know. But actually, you prefer the term, you've told me before, solo mom. And so I'm curious, and I'm sure the listeners would be curious. So explain why you prefer that term. Well, it's a funny thing is, is in, in our society, we love to label each other. We love, we love labels. And so having said that, if we all have to have a label, it became really clear to me early on that I didn't like the sound of a single mom, partly because I think there is a real um, negative connotation towards that. I think society pictures a mom who, whose kids, you know, um, come home at the end of the day and unlock the door and have to fix themselves supper because their mom works four jobs and and she can't make ends meet and I thought no there's there's a different side there's a there's a brighter and bigger picture of who we are and how dynamic we are and 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 how successful and and proud we are and I thought well why don't my married sisters have to say I'm a married mom mm. and and immediately it felt like we're just being pigeonholed that but that by taking on this label of a single mom, we're not only stating that things are hard for us because that's what society tells us about a single mom, but we're also hearing that I'm I'm alone and that my status as a mom needs needs that tag. And I thought, no, it doesn't feel right. That's not who I am. And until until you walk around having to introduce yourself as, hi, I'm Danielle, I'm a married mom, <laughs> which which is, which is sounds ludicrous. Right. But I thought, I just would love to look at myself as a solo mom. I heard it um, out of uh, just like listening to some things and reading some things. There's an organization that I heard of that uses that. And I thought, you know what? That finally feels right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a solo. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it well. When I think of a solo, you know, in a concert, like it's beautiful. It's one voice. It's clear. It's powerful. And it's like, that's who I want to be. That's how I want to be. If I need, if I have to wear a label, I'm going to choose that one. Mm, that's good. So it's not all doom and gloom. And I mean that I, we're now we're not diminishing here that, um, solo momming or solo parenting in general is hard. I mean, parenting in general is just hard, but we're forgetting sometimes that there can be an upside or even some blessings to it. I think people don't even think of it that way, but what has your, so share with the listeners, your experience as a solo mom and, you know, the things that you've learned and, and picked up and what your life looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think it's not something you choose. And I think that's, that's sort of the, the foundation of it is if we don't choose it, then what can we create from something that perhaps was handed to us as in my case that, um, I didn't make the decision that led me to solo parenting, but, but from that, where can I build and create something that I'm proud of, that I love, that gives me energy. And I, I mean, my glass is always half full. And so I had to really chase down what what would I find? Where are the blessings? Where is the good stuff? Where is the joy? Um, and I really learned some really beautiful things through this journey. I've I've been able to be present 
in people's lives that I never would have been able to if I had been married. Um, a few years ago, one of my dearest friends was going through a cancer journey. And if it wasn't for the fact that my son goes to his dad's house and when he's with his dad, my time is 100% my own, I don't know that I would have been able to drive her to those appointments and sit with her and come to her house late at night and talk all through to the morning. I, because I think it's also so important when you're a mother and a, and a, and, and you're married to honor your family and your children, your husband, it, it's, that has to come first. Right. And so I've seen the beauty of being available for things that other people can't just be available. Um, that one has really um, come through many times in my life. It's also allowed me, I really am involved as a leader in my church and my church community. And I don't know that um, I could serve as much as I desire and as much as I love to, again, if I had that commitment of needing to um, be somewhere where I had to be there 100%. Um, another really what, like just honest one is that I think I find that talking a lot with my with my married girlfriends is that there's not a lot of room for their personal growth and their um, personal care. And by that, I mean, you know, their mental health and um, their own development. And so it's another area where, again, I have this margin of time where I can I can make it my own and I can dedicate it to um, getting help for issues that I need, working on um, things that that really are that matter in my soul. Um, and also, I think one of the, the really beautiful blessings that comes out of this is that you become present for your children in a way that you never realized you could I, I know my time is limited when, my, when I'm with my son, and that has been painful, but also something you have to accept and just get on board with quickly, is that I know it's limited. I know at, you know, this day and time, he leaves, and I won't see him for the time that he's with his father. And it, it grieves me to be away from him, but then what it does is it turns it all on its head and and creates a, a longing inside the mother's heart to just be present because you know it's fleeting you can really develop such a, a beautiful relationship with your child or children because you're instead of being you know the distractions of life are so many and and i get that you know it, it, it is hard um in this life when with working parents and all of the the needs that come through but i just think there's just something so beautiful about the fact that we can be present in a way um because we know it will end um and it it, it does it just makes you really relish all the time you get with your children. And I, that has really impacted me. It's kind of like the quantity you're thinking of quality versus quantity. And so the quality is just heightened because the quantity is diminished a little bit. And so, um, you're, you're using the time that you have more, um, intentionally, I guess, is yeah. what I hear you saying. Yeah. I've, 
it's interesting what as I'm hearing you talk, it's just all I, I that phrase that you said sticks out to me. And this is why this is, I think, something that's so important for um, solo parents is the term glass half full, because mm-hmm. I think the key and what I hear so much out of you, and I'm not, I'm sure there's been a lot of hard times, but mm-hmm. the key is positivity and not defeat and not getting stuck in the past, but using, you know, saying, okay, Lord, this is, this is what I've been given and how can I use it to my max potential? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if, I mean, listen, you're right. I've had, I've had seasons of deep pain and deep grief and, I, I mean, I see a therapist regularly because it's a reality. It, it is, it is a very hard walk to walk, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There's something about it that if, if you can see it for the beauty that it has, and if you can quiet the noise of, of all the other stuff going on, it, it can still be a beautiful way to parent and you can, I, I feel like I have a really special relationship with my son because of it. And I mean, I don't know any different, but maybe it would have been a different relationship had we walked a different path. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Your son is Jonah and he's 15. Just yes. Everyone yes. listening out there. So yeah, the time is fleeting even just for him to be in the house at all, which is crazy <laughs> to think about. Cause uh, um, I know when we were talking um, plant talking out um, this interview, I had called and I was like, oh, just trying to get through this summer day. And it was one o'clock and you said, oh, Jonah is still sleeping. <laughs> like, yes. I can't fathom that right now. Yes, mothers of small children. It's true. <laughs> they one day outsleep you and um, then some and then some. <laughs> Those same toddlers that won't go to bed and wake up at 6 a.m. and want to play will one day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, so it's funny, you know, I'm just thinking now, even like you're calling yourself a solo mom, but I've been, I, even as a married mom, am a solo mom much more than the average married woman because my husband travels and tours a lot for work and something you know the number one thing that I've battled um that is hard for me is just loneliness Mm. um and so I can imagine that you could speak to that and that you've felt that and dealt with it and um you know what um what has it been like what has been um, the battle, maybe you have you overcome, how do you overcome it? How do you work through it? Um, just for the listeners out there who mm-hmm. maybe are even, uh, you know, going through this process of becoming a solo mom, how could you speak to that? Before we continue, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want more, head over to patreon.com slash Macaulay's to support our ministry and keep us going. Now, Let's get back to the conversation. You know, it's funny. Loneliness touches us all. And I've, I've been able to learn that and have grace for everyone and not think that my loneliness is exclusive. <laughs> I, I have sat with so many of my married girlfriends and heard their loneliness through seasons of their own life, not even necessarily in their marriage, but in, in, in other aspects. It's something that we, touches us all and we can all relate to. I think with solo parents, loneliness is so amplified because, of course, our, our children, our children create 
um, noise and energy and mess and and laughter and frustration and and then they from in my case in many cases and then they go and it's it's too quiet and it's too painful and it's very easy then to fill up that time with with things that um, can maybe even amplify that loneliness um, or or quick fixes like okay well while they're gone I love to shop <laughs> off I go to get cute outfits or you know um, you can just get really carried away in a lot of things um, to try to fill the loneliness I think there there's there's ultimately no cure except the sure foundation that I have in my faith and in Jesus that's the only place I can find where I don't feel alone and that lonely um but to walk it out day to day I need I need people around me I need people who are checking in with me. I need the kind of friends who I can say, like, can we grab a coffee? Can we go for a walk? Are you free tonight? Or even the friends who I can send the SOS, like, I'm having a really hard day. And I'd love for you to just like pray for me. Or I just need somebody to know that I'm drowning over here in sorrow. Um, I think it's one of those things that we just have to work on. And I have found that the more honest I am about it and the more that I work to to find ways to fill it, whether it's um, reading or listening or um, walking exercise is a huge one. I, I think I would be lost without the community that I have around me. And then I have an army to fight it with. Yeah, yeah community would obviously be paramount and I'm sure you find that in your church and you know family friends are a huge thing and that's actually probably a blessing too because um, you have the time and the ability to foster those when a lot of times there are married women who just kind of stay stuck in their bubble and then they don't have um, those other relationships Um, they they can't flourish the same way Um, it's interesting so you you wrote a blog about a year ago, and I actually read it, and it was on um, solo parenting. And I'm just going to read one little part, um, and then I'm going to ask you a question um, to kind of wrap things up. Mm. Um, so this is what you said. You said, since we all know a solo mom in 2018, it's time to give us a seat at the table. It's time to hear what our experiences experiences are like so we can better support love and encourage that family member, friend, or coworker. And then you go on to say, listen to our stories. Let us be real. Let us be authentic. Let us be included. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I thought back to, um, me growing up, um, now this was, you know, 30 years ago, um, uh, with, um, my mom, uh, you know, doing it on her own. And, and I definitely, um, I had, my dad was definitely a big part of my life, but I lived mostly with my mom and, um, community was her, um, it was just everything, our our church community and all that. And we actually, for the time, because it wasn't as common of a thing, um, we had a great support system at our church. Um, we had a great kind of, um, 
little community and we would do get together and do things. And, oh man, I can remember, remember rolling my eyes at some of the family events, like, oh, how many nature walks can we go on? You know, <laughs> I'm 12 years old, but at the, but man, I'm so happy for that. And I'm, as an adult, I'm so happy for her. But other, another thing um, that stands out to me as far as community goes and the church goes, and again, this was 30 years ago, but I remember um, there was something, a program that our church had um, that was called Dinner for Eight. And it was basically four couples, you know, once a month, um, you'd get together and have um, dinner together and socialize and all that. And we kind of joked like, or dinner for nine or different dinner for seven, you know, if there's a single woman tacked on, you know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't, um, not that there wasn't inclusion, but maybe they just didn't know how to properly include or like you say, have a seat at the table um, mm-hmm. for, for um, these you know, unusual, odd circumstances that are actually becoming not so odd anymore. And so, um, you know, how some, this entire podcast is called Lessons I Learned. And so what, um, for the listeners, what can we as women and as the church body learn from you, from a solo mom, like, what would you want to say to us to help us help you, hear you out, um, give you that seat at the table, include you. Um, what um, I'm giving you this platform now. What do you, what do you want to say? <laughs> what do you want to say to us? Well, I mean, I appreciate that so much, Danielle, because, and I, I love that you've, you've watched it through the lens of, of your mom and you've, you've seen it. And as you said, like the dinner for eight, it's, I don't even think people realize how exclusive that feels until you're a solo. Um, And so I think one of the biggest lessons that I would love everyone to hear is that like, we, we're just, we're just, we're just women. Like we are, we are women and we have lots of, of skills and we have lots to say and we have lots of gifts and we have so much to bring to the table, but we have to be included. There has to be a place where we say, this is uncomfortable, but let's have nine. Right. This, this isn't going to be even women and even men. This is the couples are all going to find all of these cute coupleisms and then there's going to be a solo, but that's where inclusivity and long, you know, that, that loneliness, it can be diminished and belonging can come into play is that when we say this, this can be, we can do this. We, we can include people. We can cross the room. I mean, I was saying this a couple of weeks ago to a friend that I've met so many people in, um, that have come to our church visiting and things like that, because I never sit in the same seat twice. And she said, oh, my gosh, Julie, I never even realized it. We my husband and I always go to the same seats and we sit together. And I said, if you want to meet people in this congregation and if you want to get to know the people who are looking for belonging, split up, (laughs) (laughs) go to church and don't sit together or or maybe like not all the time. But I my point was just that I'm not trying to diminish the family and say that you know, um, it's, it, you shouldn't be together as a family or husband and wife at church. But I guess what I'm, I'm realizing is that people don't, they're, they're nervous. They're afraid to, 
to cross that line and and try to find out about what is our experience like they're they're nervous that it's going to be messy and that they're not going to relate but but the truth is that like we're so relatable we're we're just the same as everyone we just don't have a partner and so it looks different right well, you aren't just the same because I think solo moms are super moms. <laughs> I have one, you know, my mom, I'm telling you, she never, she worked full time. She never missed a soccer, volleyball, basketball game, school performance of any kind. She was a chaperone on many class trips, basically all about me. And I'm telling you, she's right downstairs with um, helping out my dad or my husband right now with my boys, making sure they're quiet during <laughs> interview. Um, and so, you know, solo moms are super moms. And um, for all my listeners out there, I just encourage you to just chew on Julie's words and what we've have, what she's had to share today. Um, and just think about ways that you can reach out, that you can be open to and um, pull a seat up at your table for these special women. Um, so before we go, Julie, where can we find you online or, you know, what, um, how can maybe women reach out to you if they have questions or anything like that? Um, let us know. Yeah, you can find me on social at, um, for like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm makeupbyjulie.ca. So in my handle is in fact the .ca. .ca. Gotcha. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so very much, Julie. Um, you are an amazing woman. You're a fun woman and, um, you have some awesome things to say. And so thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me and for just having the courage to have diverse voices at the table. I love it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Isn't Julie refreshing? I love her outlook on life despite the fact that she's endured difficult things. Because of her attitude, she's living a life well, not stuck, but soaring. There's a lot of struggling moms out there listening to me right now, not just as a solo parent, but carrying many different weighty things. I want you to know you've got this because you aren't alone. You are never living your life solo. Truth is, we've all endured hardships, and the deciding factor for if we shrivel under the weight of it or we thrive in the midst of it is, yes, our attitude. Will we let pressure propel us towards progress, or will we, we remain bitter and broken? Will we be absorbed by our problem, or will we focus on the solution? No matter the struggle, God's Got the solution. Now, I don't want to diminish pain. No, I've felt it and I've lived it, but I want to challenge us all with these thoughts. I read an article recently called Trauma is Not Your Fault, but Healing is Your Responsibility. One line that stuck out to me is this Healing is our responsibility. Because if it isn't, an unfair circumstance becomes an unlived life. Healing is our responsibility because unprocessed pain gets transferred to everyone around us, and we are not going to allow what someone else did to us to become what we do to those we love. <laughs> isn't that good? When we dive deep into healing, we gain the ability to live life well. 
from a hopeful place, like Julie. But that takes a God-sized perspective shift sometimes. Whatever our trauma, whatever our pain, whatever our mountain, and whatever's been stolen from us, it is our choice not to let the rest of our lives be stolen away. Listen to a story I share in my book, Why Can't We All Just Get Along, that shows the difference that our attitude and what we look for and focus on makes all the difference. Here it is. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson are camping. They pitch their tent under the stars and go to sleep. Sometime in the middle of the night, Holmes wakes Watson up. Holmes says, Watson, look up at the stars and tell me what you deduce. Watson replies, I see millions of stars. And even if a few of those have planets, it's quite likely that there are some planets like Earth. And if there are even a few planets like Earth out there, there might also be life. What does it tell you, Holmes? Holmes replies, Watson, you idiot, someone has stolen our tent. So, will you choose to focus on what you don't have or what's been taken from you in this life? Or will you choose to see what has been given to you? Sherlock or Watson, who had the better view? Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and have learned something new today. It is my passion to help women become the best version of themselves with God's help. All the ministry we do, we feel deeply called to, and we live by faith doing it. Would you consider supporting our ministry at patreon.com slash Macaulay's? That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash M-A-C-A-U-L-A-Y-S. You may see a link on your screen nearby if you're tuning in using YouTube, SoundCloud, or my website. But if not, that's where you can go to find us. We are grateful for every one of you who believe in us and champion our ministry. Lots and lots of love, Danielle.